Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our morning Bible study with the Day of Prayer. We are so glad that you could join us as we continue to discuss 2 Samuel. Before we get into the Word, who would like to volunteer to open us up in prayer? I will. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. That uh, You've allowed us to, to be in it and to be used of you, Lord. Lord, we welcome you and your Holy Spirit into this place today mm-hmm. to instruct us and to, to open our eyes and our ears, Lord, to have your word revealed to us so that we can grow and reflect your you, your nature, your character in our lives. We thank you and praise you, Lord, knowing that we can't do it ourselves, no matter how long or how, how much time we spend studying your word but only through you and your Holy Spirit revealing it to us, teaching us and leading us as we go. So we thank you and praise you, knowing that what you reveal to us will be fruitful in our lives and also in the lives of others. Not that we are anything, Lord, but only that you are glorified in all things. In the name of Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, so this morning we're in continuing 2 Samuel chapter 19. Can I have a volunteer read from 24 through 30, please? I will, darling. Okay, honey. Now Mephibosheth, the son of Saul, came down to meet the king, and he had not cared for his feet, nor trimmed his mustache, nor washed his clothes from the day the king departed until the day he returned in peace. So it was, when he had come to Jerusalem to meet the king, that the king said to him, Why did you not come with me, Mephibosheth? And he answered, My lord, O king, my servant deceived me. For your servant said, I will saddle a donkey for myself, that I may ride on it and go to the king, because your servant is lame. And he has slandered your servant to go, I'm sorry, to my lord the king. But my lord the king is like the angel of God. Therefore, do what is good in your eyes. For all my father's house were but dead men before my lord the king. Yet you set your servant among those who eat at your own table. Therefore, what right have I still to cry out any more to the king? So the king said to him, Why do you speak any more of your matters? I have said, You and Ziba divide the land. Then Mephibosheth said to the king, Rather, Let him take it all, inasmuch as my lord the king has come back in peace to his own house. Okay. So what was revealed to you in that section of scripture? Or what questions do you have? Um, I have questions. Let's hear them. Is Mephibosheth telling the truth or was Ziba telling the truth? Because they both gave two different accounts Mm -hmm. to David. Mm -hmm. Well... Remember we spoke about it um, when we were going over that, that chapter. Was it 16? And like I said, he might have, there might, I think there was a little bit of truth to what Ziba said. 
But there's also truth to what Mephibosheth said, which is why David likely divided the land between them since you guys split it up. Oh, yes. Um, kind of like, you know, you hear somebody muttering, they say something, but they don't necessarily mean that they want to act against the king. Like, oh, maybe the Lord's bringing my family stuff back or this is repayment for, you know what I mean? Maybe he muttered that, but he didn't necessarily mean it. Like um, he was actually trying to revolt against David, et cetera, et cetera. But Ziba yes. was like, mm, that's all I needed to hear. Bye. You know, and took <laughs> off because Mephibosheth can't follow after him to give another account. Yes. Right. But then you also see your point that you brought up previously about why is he saying anything? He eats at the king's table. He's treated like he still has his place of royalty. Yes. Mephibosheth says just that. Right? Yes. yes. And, he's like, and so it may have been a matter of him getting some clarity, but you can see he didn't care for himself. I mean, his hands work. He could have trimmed his mustache and his, his upper body is just fine. He could have cared for himself, but he chose not to. So maybe as he was thinking through those thoughts of, you know, maybe that first jumped into his head and he let it crawl out of his mouth. But then as he thought about it, he said, no, wait a second. David has been kind to me when... Another kingdom would have just killed them, right? Yes. Got rid of all the trace, took the land for themselves, and kept going. So, um, you know, what was that? Um, Ecclesiastes talks about uh, muttering things in your bedroom against the king. Be quiet unless the bird takes the takes that message for you. Oh yes. Um, mm -hmm. So, just talking about guarding your words and don't. Even if you think it in your head, you know, like you're talking about the king or the president, something of that nature, keep it to yourself because you don't know who's listening, basically. Yes. And this is, um, let me find that scripture. Do you know where that is, honey? I, I don't. Mm. I have to look that up. Well, I, I don't know where it is. It. That's okay. I'll come back to it. Yeah. But either way, um, Mephibosheth points out the very thing that you um, pointed out, Kyla, in the previous discussion on that matter. But here, let's look at a, a couple other things, right? So in chapter 16, David gives Ziba the entirety of Mephibosheth's land. Mm -hmm. Yes. And in here, he reverses that decision. It says, now divide the land. Mm -hmm. Right, because before it was Mephibosheth's land, and Ziba and his household and all the servants, they tended it and took care of it and essentially would give Mephibosheth the, the proceeds, the profits, whatever was gained from the land. 
right? Now that, yes, yes Ziba and his household were also taken care of. Mm-hmm. So there is a, a restoration, if you will. Yes, David had made a ruling to Ziba saying it's all yours. And now he's going back to essentially what the original um, ruling or statement was, which mm-hmm. was, hey, it's Mephibosheth's, but everyone's taken care of. Because he saw him. He wasn't living like somebody who was happy that the king was out of his place. He was essentially in mourning, but he can't travel. He, yes. hadn't, he hadn't cared for himself. He looked dirty and unkept, just as though he was out on the run with the king. Oh, and the scripture was Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 20. Got it, LaCharles? Yes. Yes. Oh, go ahead and read it for me, sweetheart. Do not curse the king, even in your thought. Do not curse the rich, even in your bedroom. For a bird of the air may carry your voice, and a bird in flight may tell the matter. So, basically, he might have been muttering in some part of the house, and Ziba overheard him and said, there's my chance. Mm -hmm. I'm out of here. And Ziba probably had it in his heart already to go go to the king, right, because the king had already been kind to him. But he heard what Mephibosheth might have been muttering to himself, even though he didn't mean it in that way. And, you know, misconstrued or and he took off and said, well, this is what I heard him saying. This is what he said, even though that yes. wasn't the fullness of the content. And then, of course, when David saw him, I'm sure that had a lot to do with why he changed his heart about it. He was like, oh, you look like you've been living in the just as bad as I do. So right. if, if he had been celebrating the king's um, fleeing he would have been well cared for. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But there's still the bigger thing here, right? Even after Mephibosheth gets a positive ruling or something in his mm-hmm. favor, restoration, mm-hmm. okay? What does he say to the king? You can give it all to Ziba. Yep. Yeah, he says, I don't care about it. Um, um, my only hope and concern, if you will, is that the king is back. And now there's peace in the house, mm-hmm. right? But as I look at this whole thing, it's very interesting because um, in much the same way it's we see ourselves and the Lord here, right? The Lord, there's always a, a place for us and there's always a, a plan and a purpose regardless of what our what we would say our physical limitations may be or, or whatever the case is, right? David still had an expectation that Mephibosheth would have come to him mm-hmm. and been with him, regardless of the situation, the scenario for how long it lasted. Even though Mephibosheth was lame, he couldn't walk. He still, David, still had that expectation that he was going to trust him and remain with him, regardless of what the situation looked like. In the same way, the Lord has that expectation of us, mm-hmm. of all who submit to his lordship. Mm-hmm. But then... Oh, so, so, that's, so that's the biggest thing, as I'll say that. There's a plan, there's a purpose, there's a calling for each of us. But we have to carry that out in its fullness as the Lord expects it to happen. Yes. That's the bigger, to me, this, that's the biggest takeaway here. Now, yes, Mephibosheth in his heart always longed for David to, to come back and to be the king and all those, and he, and he looked and he longed for it. But also in this, like us, people, 
right? When we look at the, the relationship between us and the Lord, right? Mephibosheth was not concerned with the things of this world. It's like whether I have it or I don't have it, right? Which is Paul, I'm content to have, uh, I know what it is to be rich, and I know what it is to be poor, and I'm content in all things, right? You see the same thing here. He's like, whether I have the land, whether it's mine, or, you know, it, it's mine and someone else's. It's like, I don't care. Like, it's not about that. My concern, my hope, my desire, in this case, Mephibosheth's, is to be with the king. Mm-hmm. Which should be our desire, to be with the Lord, and in his presence and before him, constantly, remaining there. And you could see that Mephibosheth likely came to the conclusion, like, you're the only one that cared for me. Which is the same when it boils down to it. People are nice and they can love you, but they have limitations. God does not. He's exactly. the only one that truly, truly, deeply and entirely loves you in every facet and way, shape, and form that there is. And every area that is unlovely that people are like, no, that's too much for me. I, I can't go there. God is like, I love you still. And he can look at all of those places, those ugly places in us, and he still loves us with the same love, and it's unchanged, unwavering, mm-hmm. and Amen. it doesn't fail. Humanity has limitations. <clears throat> yes, we're, we're, you're your parent, we're your parents, and we love you, but we still have limitations. The love I have, even though it is the love of God, pales, pales in, in comparison oh to the love from God himself. And that's being generous to say <laughs> it pales in comparison. Yeah, I mean, I'm, yes, I'm being very gracious to myself <laughs> and to us as parents. So we want It's not even to- close. We want you to look at the Lord and let him be your all in all. When you think of who loves you the most and where can I turn to and where can I go, see my face last. See our faces at the end of that list. Go to your Heavenly Father first. Exactly. Okay? Let him be your comforter. We love you guys. With all the love that God has given us for you, as much as is available to us, we love you. But it's not enough. And you can always come to us. Mm -hmm. However, go go to him first. Because he loves you like I, I couldn't even begin to fathom loving you. And I'm talking as the mommy, you know, because I'm the mommy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. My love doesn't even come close. He accepts you. He loves you. Does it mean he wants, he's going to tolerate nonsense? Absolutely not. Absolutely he's God. Not. He's just, he's holy. But he wants your best interest all the time and to accomplish his will in and through you, which means it's going to extra work out for you. So turn to him first. When you have trouble, when something's bothering you, your feelings are hurt, you can't make up your mind, you don't know what to decide, et cetera, et cetera, look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Anyone have anything else? All right, well, let's continue. Can I have someone read from verse 31? Through the end of the chapter, please. I will. All right, LaCharles. And Brazilii, I think that's how you pronounce it, or Barzillai. Barzillai, the Giladite, came down from Rogalim and went across the Jordan with the king to escort him mm-hmm. across the Jordan. Mm-hmm. Now, Barzillai. Barzillai. Was a very aged man, <laughs> eighty years old, and he had provided the king with supplies while he stayed at Manaim, for he was a very rich man. 
And the king called to Barzillai, Come across with me, and I will pray, and I will provide for you while you are with me in Jerusalem. But Barzillai said to the king, How how long have I to live that I should go up with the king to Jerusalem? I am today eighty years old. Can I discern between the good and the bad? Can your servant taste what I eat or what I drink? Can I hear any longer the voices of singing men and singing women? Why then should your servant be a further burden to my lord the king? Your servant will be will go a little way across the Jordan with the king. And why should the king repay me with such a reward? Please let your servant turn back again, that I may die in my own city, near the grave of my father and mother. But here is your servant, Jim, Kim Ham. Let him cross over with my lord the king, and do for him what seems good to you. And the king said, Gaham shall cross. And the king answered, Gaham shall cross over with me, and I will do for him what seems good to you. Now whatever you request of me, I will do for you. Then all the people went over the Jordan, and when the king had crossed over, the king kissed Brazil, Barzillai, and blessed him, and he returned to his own place. Now the king went on to Gigal, and Kimham went with them, went on with them, and all the people of Judah escorted the king, and also half the people of Israel. Just then, all the men of Israel came to the king, and said to the king. Why have our brethren, the men of Judah, stolen you away and brought the king, his household, and all David's men with him across the Jordan? So all the men of Judah answered the men of Israel, because the, king, because the king is a close relative of ours. Why then are you angry over this matter? Have we eaten at the king's expense, or has he given us any gifts? And the men of Israel answered the men of Judah and said, We have ten shares in the king. Therefore, we also have we have also have more right to David than you. Why then do you despise, despise us? Were we not the first to advise bringing back our king? Yet the words of the men of Judah were fiercer than the words of the men of Israel. <laughs> it made you snicker a little bit, huh? What? I can just funny. think of Joe West. Explain. Joe seems to me the person who'd say, oh, have we eaten at the king's expense or has he given us any gifts? That reminds me of Joab. Oh, okay. Just his personality? Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, what's really being said there? That they're sending nasty, nasty grams? <laughs> no, that David didn't have any favorites when it came to the tribes. Exactly. They're saying, we've received nothing from him. In the, in the sense of just because we're kin, we're related. We've not received any perks or benefits or, or favors. Right? Everyone is treated equally. Of course. Like when David had the spoils, when he, um, I believe it when he came to Hebron, he divided the spoils equally amongst Israel and yes. gave to the people. They had the 600 people, 400 went out, 200 stayed back with the equipment and the gear, right? Mm -hmm. And the people, the 400 that went out with David said, hey, no, we deserve a larger share and portion. He said, no, everybody gets what's theirs, what's right. Everybody had a role and had an equal role. Mm -hmm. No, not everybody was meant to go out and, and be the warrior, if you will, and go conquer the enemies. But we also need people back here in the reserves mm -hmm. supporting and guarding over, yes, our camp, but also the supplies. Because that person is just as important as the one who goes out to fight. Because they had already experienced going out to fight and their stuff getting raided because there was nobody there to guard and keep it. 
That's yes. why they had a, an extra fight to fight when they got home. Mm-hmm. And I think most skillful militaries understand that there's always a rear detail that stays by the supplies. Mm-hmm. That's equipped and ready to fight and defend and protect that while the other parts are out conquering or doing whatever it is that they need to do. Yes. Yep. Things that we'd consider common knowledge today. They, they mm-hmm. weren't so common back then. Mm-hmm. But the ordeal is to put ourselves in a place where we can observe and learn from. Right? So we don't repeat the same mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yes. But also in that, what else do you see? Um, Israel being turncoats? Not just Israel. Well, I mean, Judah, too, because they went along with Absalom, but... Mm-hmm. Most of the kingdom, because spies went out, Absalom spies went out to all the land and yes. turned people's hearts towards Absalom. Okay. And now they're all trying to fight over, no, we love David more. We have 10 shares in the king. Right, and so percentages of we rank and, and all David. this other stuff. We're a bigger tribe than you. But that's 10 other tribes. Judah's just one, and still outrank and outsize all the other ones if they were just on their own. It shows, it shows multiple things. It shows the humanity, and by humanity, I mean human nature, which is the sin nature. of People just not being pleased with their place, but always expecting more, whether it's because of proximity or relation or whatever the case is, that they have this expectation and demand to be held in higher regard and esteem. Right, yes. Jesus himself deals with this exact thing with his disciples, right? <laughs> Who says, uh, James and John, the mother came and was like, hey, um, can my son sit on your right and your left? What did the Lord say? That's not, not my place to give. And he also said, for who it's appointed. exactly, it's appointed for who it's appointed. We all have a role, a place, a position. The Lord loves us all equally. And he appoints who he will appoint. Right? Yes. yes. So why do we, and, and, and them arguing with each other, in this case, right, Israel and Judah, is that actually going to put any of them, I'll say, I'll say it in, in the Lord's example, right, on the king's right and left? No. Absolutely not. Right it's just a quarrel, which creates division and strife, and, right, and all these other issues. And it's a situation that doesn't reflect the Lord's nature and character. So we should be aware of that in our own lives. I don't need to participate in those things. What's a, what was accomplished in all of that? Nothing. Strife and quarreling. That's not very much of an that's not much of an accomplishment. But it creates division. Yeah. Yes. And also creates division that you you see through well much of Kings, much of Chronicles. After all this, after Samuel, the kingdom becomes very divided, does it not? Yes. Okay. And where is the division between Judah and Israel? Okay. So let's not be part of the quarreling, the bickering, the fighting, strife, because. You see seeds planted even here. And then if you look and study it out later on, 
Well, there's even greater division and fighting. But forgive. Mm-hmm. Move forward in the relationship. All right, restoration. Let the relationship be reconciled back to the Father. Yes. The reason for the quarreling and fighting was because of their own lust, their own desires. Mm-hmm. That shouldn't be a part of us and who we are. But like we were saying, even with the example of Mephibosheth yesterday, right? Yes. To be content with whatever the Father gives. It's all his anyways. That he can give to who he wants. Yeah, we're we're thankful and we're gracious and we're blessed when he does give to us, right? Yes. yes. But it's also not really ours. It's the Father's. He can take it back at any time. Your mother and I are a pattern our, our lives in such a way where it, it's okay. We hold it, things loosely. Because it's all the Father's. He can do with what he wants. So whenever we receive something, the first thing we're doing is asking the Lord what it is he wants done with it to be used for his glory. But that's very opposite what you see here with Israel and Judah. It's, it's mine, and because I have this, how can I use it to get more? Mm-hmm. Do you have something you want to say, Kyla? No. Okay. Well, let you know. I can't help but remember Second um, Samuel chapter twelve and how the Lord was telling David when he was the prophet. He sent the prophet to speak with him about what had been going on. And I keep bringing it up because it's easy to lose sight of the bigger picture and see how the all of this actually came about, and then start zooming in. Yes, we all have a, a, a responsibility to the Lord not to be used as, um, not to yield our members to the plan of Satan, right? To cause yes. dissension, division, things of that nature. Um, however, all of this came about simply from this action. And for people of God, we think, okay, it's just this one thing. And then we'll let it go, but then it'll be wiped out and obliterated. But it doesn't work like that. Once you open the door, now now the Lord is working to bring all those things back together when before it was already together. Because you notice in times before David had this incident, he could bring peace. His actions mended the country. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. yes. He could... The wisdom of God working through him caused unity, and they were a united kingdom underneath him. He was the one that had that unity. They were united underneath him. And people are always pulling. They're all, you know, they're people. And it's like trying to keep a herd of sheep or whatnot together. You got to kind of pat them in on each side as they keep going. But now, since. Um, what does he say in verse 10 of chapter 12? Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house because you have despised me. And his house was also his kingdom. That division mm-hmm. was not only a part of David's house, but it was a part of his larger house, which was the kingdom, which is 
the inheritance, which God was talking about, Absolutely. both his, his physical family, but they're all kin, you know what I mean? They're all family anyway, but his yes. family and his own children, sons and daughters, wives, et cetera, et cetera, but also within the kingdom that he gave to, that God gave David. And now the enemy is able to bring up this dissension when our obedience don't buy that. It's just this one thing. It's just this little place. And then you you yield yourself to go ahead and indulge in sinful behavior, but you don't see the bigger implications, mm -hmm. the bigger effect of it. And that's so important for us as believers. You know, when you think about, <clears throat> you know, thinking about our country, for example, when God tells us to seek him and behave righteously, and then we, we yield that responsibility we we hand it over and we go well we're just gonna lay back it's no i could be doing something else and then we don't pay attention to stand in the gap and intercede or we don't pay attention you know what i mean to make sure that we keep ourselves in a way that is pleasing to the lord and then we by um neglecting to do we open the door for the enemy right by david yes. neglecting to go out where he was supposed to be he opened the door for the enemy. Now this temptation has a has a, a pathway. So now the ball starts rolling. Mm -hmm. But we can see that today in our, our present life, the house falls into disrepair because of laziness. Mm -hmm. And the house is more than the physical structure. It's more than our personal families. It goes beyond that to generations and to other people that God has connected with us Whereas now we're seeing David, it's like he can't, I mean, they're fighting over him like a rag doll at this point, and he can't do anything about it. It's almost like he's not even there. They don't even really necessarily care is about this discord. Yes. Why would you invite that into your life? I don't think David considered it in the weightiness of what it was. That Satan is not playing for just one moment. He wasn't satisfied at the death of the, the child that was born between them. He wasn't satisfied at the death of Uriah. He wanted the whole shebang. He heard the word of the Lord just like David did. The seed, capital S, meaning our Lord and Savior's coming through. Right? And, yes. and subsequently, I don't know that Satan had this kind of insight and revelation, but every believer that will believe on the name of Jesus Christ thereafter and would be saved by the washing of the water of the word with the mm -hmm. blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. But David, did he have the full scope and breadth of that at the moment God spoke to him? No. No? Did Adam have the full breadth and scope of it when God spoke to them? No. Mm -hmm. But all he knew was God said do this. And if God said do it, it's for a reason. It doesn't matter if we understand the fullness of it. And the oops, I didn't know, as we see, does not alleviate. It doesn't cancel out now that the enemy has a place. I didn't understand. I didn't know. It didn't matter. You knew God said be obedient. Exactly. Just like with parents and children, right? Do you guys fully understand every instruction that we give you? No. No, but as you grow and we continually give you similar instructions, are we not now also able to have the discussions and provide more insight as you grow, as you mature, that gives you greater understanding on why we have... <laughs> given you certain commands or instructions and tasks and things to do? 
Yes. Yes. And now you see how it's all connected? Yes. God gives us the information we know to make the decisions. He gives us exactly enough that we need to know to make the decision exactly. whether we're going to follow him or not. It's not his obligation to explain it out to your satisfaction and your liking. He says what he says, and that's enough for you to have good judgment to make the choice. And he expects us to make it, and after that. And the choice is to be obedient mm -hmm. or, or not. But we he has we have enough information. He provides that to us to make a choice. But if you understand this now, that he's telling you what he's telling you for a reason, and it's deeper and more encompassing than your immediate, before your eyes, life that you see at the moment. Or even what we understand in the moment. Mm -hmm. There is a much larger picture. So that has to be revealed. Here's a natural example for you. We tell you guys all the time, turn off that light if you're not using it, right? Yes. Okay. But does that mean we've explained to you how the, the bills work together versus the budget versus the income versus? No. No. All you need to know is turn off the light because it saves energy. And we've, we've even disclosed it saves money, right? Yes. But the full inner workings, you're not ready to hear. You don't need to know. And you nor can you comprehend it in the moment. I mean, you come into a place now because you guys are older. But when you heard turn out that light, you've been hearing it your entire life since you could reach <laughs> a light switch. Turn that off if you're not using it. Right? Yes. yes. But as you obey and you grow and mature, then you're entitled to open. The door comes open for you to know more. The mysteries are available for the believer. The believer right. means not just someone thinks, oh, these are nice ideas. You don't qualify for the deeper things. The believer is the one who... Believes God and obeys, right? Is Abraham, doing what he's been commanded, right? Believed God, right? And it was accounted unto him for righteousness. And his believing was also the carrying out of his faith. He went and he left Ur of the Chaldeans, or actually he was in Terah, or what was the other? Haran. He was in Haran. Yes. And then he went to the land of Canaan as God asked him to. That was he believed God and he went. Yes. He believed God Terah and he did. Left Ur of the Chaldeans and went to Haran. And then the Lord, and that's where he, Terah decided he wanted to stay and remain. But that wasn't where the Lord wanted either one of them. So then he called Abram, later to be named Abraham, to leave Har Haran, mm -hmm. which he already traveled from Ur with Terah. His dad. His dad, mm -hmm. yes. And the Lord called him and said, hey, I want you to go to the land I'm going to show you. The land of Canaan. And that's significant because his dad was called first to go to the land of Canaan. God called his dad first, but his dad wasn't willing to finish the journey. He settled and was satisfied being in Haran, and that's where he let, that's where he passed away. But when Abraham Abram was called by God and said, "Get up, finish this journey, come on out here," that was his act of worship. I believe you, God, so therefore I am going and doing. Faith without works is dead. Correct? Yes. yes. So, believe God and do, and that opens the door for you to have more understanding and revelation provided to you. I didn't mean for that to rhyme, it just did. <laughs> no, but it's true, and that's also, for me, I guess, as I look at the, the situation, the, the exchange between Barzillai and mm -hmm. David, mm -hmm. it's 
a very similar thing, right? So Barzillai showed David kindness when he mm -hmm. first started on the run, uh, escaping Absalom. Right, and you see that back in chapter 17, uh, verses 27 through 29, right? As we were reading over this part, I was reminded of that, but then also about the Lord and and uh, what he says to his disciples. When did we see you thirsty or hungry or, right? Mm -hmm. Barzillai gave all these things, water and food and beds and, excuse me, all these goods to help support and take care of David while he was on the run, at the start of while he was on the run. But then the kindness that David shows is, hey, why don't you come to the to the kingdom, to the palace, essentially, with me? Yeah, he was old. Barzillai was old. But it was, you'll be taken care of, right? Mm -hmm. He was, yes, repaying him, but also, I'll say, rewarding him mm -hmm. for the kindness that he had shown and for his faithfulness. Because at that moment that Barzillai supported David, the kingdom was divided. There was a coup. Mm -hmm. Right? It was an upheaval. But even in the midst of all that turmoil, Barzillai's choice was to be remain faithful to the king, which should be our choice with the Lord, regardless of what our eyes see and our ears hear. The choice we should make, everyone has to make that choice for themselves, but the choice we should make is to remain faithful to the Lord. And uh, like as I look at this, I'm kind of saddened because here the king, David, extends this, this kindness to him. But Barzillai's thing, statement is, no, I want to remain here. Hmm. I see what you're saying, honey. I mean, I'm sure in the natural he thought about he's got probably grandchildren at right. this time. and Doesn't want to burden him and, and, yeah. all, and all of that. But household. it's the bigger... I'll say this to me. This is the the bigger picture that I get out of this, right? Yes. It is very easy to have a, I'll say, a religious mind. And all right, I'm going to do these these good things and show my good works and, and contribute to charity and and all those all that, right? Yes. And and that's good. However, it's not our salvation doesn't come through works. One. And two, the bigger thing is to remain with the king, with the king. Not knowing him from afar off, but actually knowing him, spending time. And here, well, I'll, I'll say it in this way. The Lord has extended that opportunity to every single person on the earth. Now we realize David is not the Messiah. No, but saying that, but it this is a type and shadow. Comparison. Yes. Sure. So, Lord, our Heavenly Father has extended that opportunity to everyone on the earth. And there are some that take it, and there are some that reject it, that don't want to actually have that personal relationship. And again, as you, as you pointed out, honey, as a type in shadow, David extends that, that grace and that mercy to Barzillai. And he says no. I would encourage and implore each and every person, come into the Heavenly Father's grace and mercy for yourself. You can't have it through anyone else. And yeah, it's great to do 
good works and that care for people and, and all mm-hmm. those things. But that's not what provides the salvation. It is that personal relationship. Mm-hmm. Yes. So come in in its fullness. In its fullness. Come into that relationship and experience everything that the Lord has. Every good and perfect thing. Because that's what comes from Him. And it's intended, He intends to bless you. Okay? Yes. Anyone have anything else that they want to share or say before we close? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's let's pause there for today. And uh, can we get someone to close us out in prayer? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, I just thank you for being with us today as we went through our morning Bible study, Lord, and for showing us the things that you have for us, Lord, and just continuing to be you, Lord. And I ask that you'll continue to help us make the right decisions by you, Lord, that are pleasing in your sight, Lord, and that glorify your name and bring honor to you among the inhabitants of the earth, Lord. And I just thank you, Lord, for that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Bye. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.